Hi there, and welcome once again to Warriors Lax Chat on Big Game Sports Radio. I'm Scott Squires, and pleased to be joined, as always, by the head coach of the Mi'kmaq Warriors of the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. This is Brendan Smithson. Hello, Coach. How are you doing today? I am doing well. Uh, I think like a lot of us in, in this part of Atlantic Canada, still kind of waiting a little bit for summer <laughs> to arrive in terms of the temperatures anyway, but I'm not shoveling, so I'm okay. Yeah, it's pretty much how I felt. We had two nice days and then rain. It's, uh, and some people say global warming's not a real thing, eh? <laughs> yeah, welcome to Atlantic Canada. I think global warming's been here for a long time in terms of the wild and wacky weather. Speaking of wild and wacky, it's, it's been a super busy few days for you and the Mi'kmaq Warriors, and it doesn't slow down any in the coming weekend. But before we get to the weekend's action coming up, probably the biggest weekend of the season coming up this weekend. But let's take a look back to a busy couple of days for the Mi'kmaq Warriors. You finally got to come back home after being uh, away from Colchester Legion Stadium for some time. You took on the uh, Halifax Hurricanes this past Friday night. But before we get to the game, Coach, maybe just your thoughts about a very special pregame ceremony on Friday. Um, you know, the, the pregame ceremony was uh, absolutely amazing and, and great to bring awareness to and honored uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women. Uh, I know it means a lot to our players. We as an organization from the top down has always prided ourselves on um, being more than just a lacrosse team and, you know, using sport as an advocate to, um, you know, pr- promote uh, issues, especially in the Indigenous communities since that we are an Indigenous team. Um, and this was another one of those opportunities, uh, was, you know, seeing the red dresses around the arena and uh, having the speakers, uh, it was just a really, a really great moment uh, for us. And I know it meant a lot to our players. Um, moments like that is really emotional for them. And uh, it really means a lot. And to see the community come and rally around that is uh, very exciting. The overall night was just an incredibly moving one. What was it like talking to your players after the game? Game aside, what was some of the feedback that you got about that whole evening? You know, our players, um, you know, are always extremely appreciative of, um, you know, us supporting them in their movement to uh, to bring issues of awareness to the public. Um, it really means a lot to them. They were extremely honored and proud to be part of that and to support such a such a great uh, cause that's out there. Um, so to them, it, it's always a moment of pride and, uh, as I said, an emotional one because, um, you know, they talk about all these, uh, they talk about these issues quite a lot and they're not always sure how they can help support. So being able to have an advocate like this to provide just a little bit of awareness to, to a national issue uh, means so much to them and uh, they're always proud to be a part of it. Uh, no matter what their role is in it, even if it's just to, uh, to wear the jersey and wear the patch. And um, I know all of them are honored to have that patch on their jersey. And for the rest of the season, it, it means a lot to them. Yeah, and that patch that you're speaking of, uh, it's the logo or symbol of that red dress that you mentioned, which is uh, emblematic of this ongoing cause to bring awareness and attention to this tragedy that is the missing uh, and murdered women and girls. So, Again, that was beautiful to see. I would encourage people as well. I had a chance to shoot some video, and I just put a little video together quickly. If you visit my Facebook page, uh, Firm Foundation Media, you can check that out there. Okay, let's move on to the game. Again, an emotional night. Both teams were lined up uh, on the floor during this ceremony. 
Then it came to game time, and uh, the Halifax Hurricanes, they've given problems to every team in this league, including the undefeated Dartmouth Bandits. What was your uh, take on what ended up being a 15-8 victory for the Hurricanes? Yeah, my take on the game was uh, it's actually one of the first times that our team put uh, pretty close to a full 60 minutes together and really had a solid effort um, right from start to finish. Um, we had a few moments uh, in the game where um, we, we had we had a couple of players that were off that caused a little bit of, um, you know, the Hurricanes took advantage of that. But um, the offense was moving all game, and the defense was really shutting down some of their great players. And uh, Nick had a very strong second and third period in the Nets, uh, and they played very, very well. Um, the Hurricanes are a very experienced team. I mean, they're one of the older teams in that league. And I know our boys coming out of that game, you know, obviously always disappointed when, when you don't get a win. But, you know, we really believe that that's a team that we can take. And uh, they, they proved it in that game. They played right with them right to the end. Uh, you know, we needed a few more power play goals because we had a few situations that we didn't bury um, and a few more stops on the other end. But overall, they stayed right with that team. Their, their loose balls is where they got us a little bit, and that's something we've been trying to focus on for the, the next couple games. And uh, I think our boys are very proud with the way they played. Um, you know, it's always, as I said, a sad moment when you, when you don't get the win, but they felt very confident coming out of that game. It was a good game for them, and um, they put together a full 60 minutes, which was really important for us against a team that good. Uh, Luke Smelter had returned for them, which is one of their best players, and we did a good job of kind of controlling him. I know he did get quite a few goals, but he's one of those guys that if you can keep, you can keep him under three, you probably did an amazing job. So um, that was kind of our goal behind that, and, and they really stuck up well, worth mentioning as well, the Hurricanes uh, second in the league behind only the undefeated Dartmouth Band. So, you know, a competitive game. And the other thing is, Coach, as we've been talking all season long, you want to build toward the middle, toward the end of the regular season, and then hopefully into the playoffs. You want to learn and get better every time. And what caught me was your comment how – Perhaps for the first time this season, the Mi'kmaq Warriors played a full 60 minutes. And I know that that's something that you've been talking about is their cardio and being able to put that physical uh, energy out for 60 minutes. How satisfying is it for you and the coaching staff to see these things that you're working on the team with start to now come to play in actual game action? We know this weekend coming up, it's probably our biggest two games of the season and and to have, uh, you know, building towards the end of the season where you're trying to make that playoff run, um, having those things come together against a team like the Hurricanes is a, is a very big confidence booster and uh, really made us satisfied with, with how our team is progressing and, and moving forward. So it was a great moment for us as coaches. We really took a lot of positives out of that. You know, again, one of those things that when you're in those tight games, especially in the cross, like that, that margin of difference isn't that big and, it really, really showed that we can play with anybody in this league. In the, in the past couple of years, we've had some struggles with being able to, to compete with some of the top teams. And as you see from the standings, the Hurricanes are number two. And for us to be able to come into that moment uh, really meant a lot. And it was great for our boys. We've had a couple struggles of games that we mentioned and the fact that we've had a couple where we, you know, not played for a period and they really took advantage. And you can really see the belief that we can play with anybody in this league. All we got to do is get in the playoffs and we could – you never know what will happen, really came out after that game, which was really important for us. So as coaches, we were excited to see the things come to fruition. There's still obviously pieces that we need to work on, but um, it was a real positive for us as coaches. 
you have involvement uh, on a league level as well. You're a big advocate for the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League as a whole. So before we get to your next game, which was just this past Tuesday, uh, a special neutral site game because of some anomalies with the scheduling. But the Dartmouth Bandits uh, on Saturday afternoon played at Colchester Legion Stadium against the New Brunswick Mavericks. And uh, I actually went to that game and watched the entire thing. And uh, we'll put the Mi'kmaq Warriors aside for a moment because this is Warriors Lax chat. But coach, I got to tell you, getting to watch that Bandits team up close and to see what they do on the floor, in particular for me, their speed and their transition game was something to behold. What can you say? Because again, Mi'kmaq Warriors aside, I know that you're their head coach, but again, from a league standpoint, what can you say about this Bandits team in terms of their quality of play and what they bring to the league in terms of setting the standard? The Bandits bring a lot to our league. Uh, you know, from the leadership down, they have a very strong organization. Uh, you know, right from the top from the president all the way down, they, they've, they've really been building this team. And uh, they're one of the, the teams in our league that built on um, the, the facet transition and, and recruited players um, around that and built their systems around that fast transition. Uh, you know, it's, it's a team that all of us strive to, to go after because that's obviously they're the number one back-to-back champions. Um, when they have that transition game, it, it's always challenging for us as other teams because they're that team that within two minutes can have about six goals because of the transition. But it's a really exciting game to watch and it forces the rest of our teams to be able to obviously try to shut down that transition and also reply in a similar way. Um, which brings a, a lot of speed, as you mentioned, to the game and a lot of back and forth. Um, so a lot of games that they're in can be extremely exciting because we have to play such a back and forth game with them, um, which is really exciting to watch. It, it's almost like tennis and end-to-end action, um, and, and fans really enjoy that. So uh, their organization has been a model for all of us to try to follow. They've done a great job of recruiting volunteers and everything else, and their style of play is so quick it's very exciting to watch. And uh, a lot of us are trying to emulate it and also emulate it in the fact that we need to learn how to shut it down with some of the great players that they have on their offensive side, and they really bring it out from the defensive end and move it up the floor. So I know when we played them, we have focused all week on shutting down the transition and creating opportunities for ourselves in the transition. Um, so it really brings a nice flow and speed to the game when they play. Um, you know, from top to bottom, from 1 to 25, they are a very solid team. Um, and they, they're going to be very tough to beat. Um, but, you know, you have to keep, you know, figuring out where their holes are and, and working with them. The big thing with them is they're, they're a flow team. They, they really have a flow, as you, you kind of mentioned, the speed and all that. There's a, there's a rhythm to what they do. Um, if you can get them out of the rhythm, they, they can have some challenges, which is uh, what we've all been trying to work on when we play against them. Well, it was interesting, too, because I know that you and I talk about the game in general. Uh, something that really struck me on Saturday as well, and it must have been frustrating for the New Brunswick Mavericks because they had their chances, Coach, but the Bandits goaltender, Brett McKinnon, was tremendous. For me, he was the star of the game for the Dartmouth Bandits. Sometimes you forget about goaltending in lacrosse because sometimes the scores can be kind of on the higher end into the double digits. But maybe how important is goaltending? Because again, what I saw on Saturday, the New Brunswick Mavericks were frustrated time and again by the goaltending of Brett McKinnon from the Bandits. You know, goaltending is the key in this game. I mean, lacrosse is not hockey, so you know we always look at our team and our offense is got to get over ten, and defense is to keep it under ten. 
with the speed that the boys can shoot the ball and um, from how far out they can shoot the ball to score, having a top-back score to make those saves is, is beyond important in this game. Um, number one, it breeds um, – like the defense can actually believe that the person behind them is able to score the, make the save. So in the Dharma situation – if you watch their team on defense, they cheat a lot off the top. So when a shot is being wound up, you'll see a guy already head down the floor. And they're able to do that because they believe in their goalie is going to make the save. And the second part, their goalies are extremely strong passers. So once he makes the save, he can pick up the ball and hit the person who's already streaking down the floor. So from both angles of the game and the transition piece of making saves, um, a goalie is a huge part in the box across game. Um, one of the most important pieces. Without those, um, it's a very big challenge. Uh, and we've, you know, our team has done really well with our goalies and working on their passing ability. Um, but it's something that you can see when a team doesn't have a solid goalie they believe in, the defense is just a little bit more nervous and about a half step behind. And this game, especially at the junior A level, if you're a half step behind, it usually goes in the back of the net. So um, I, I don't know if there's a more important position in this game. Um, if you look at all the championship teams that we've had in the EPJHL, there's always a solid goalie that's behind them and often a pair. One of the big things that we see is that we have two goalies so that they can actually push each other and having that ability to be able to have two and Dartmouth does have two that they go back and forth with that when somebody's off they can ride the hot goalie and then when he's off um, the other guy can come in but it pushes each other to um, to be at the best game when they're out there. Yeah you're absolutely right about the uh, the cheating if you will of the uh the players on the bandits, when they get a chance, they're already up the floor when some teams might still be holding back a little bit. And just that other goalie on the bandits, just to mention, you're right, both goaltenders, they pretty much share the crease for the Dartmouth bandits. Uh, Aiden Piero Hayes, the other gentleman, uh, both goaltenders, uh, Piero Hayes and McKinnon, both undefeated. Before we get to your game on Tuesday, something else that I noticed that seems to be really important in the game that you guys play at the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League level are the bench coaches or the coaches that are controlling the changes because there's so much changing of players from defense and then transitioning into offense. You've got those coaches that are on the bench controlling the door, counting the players as they come on and they come off. How important is that aspect of the game? Because that's something that we haven't talked about before. No, it's not something we've talked about. And it's been something that uh, has been a huge asset for us this year. And, um, you know, it, it makes the biggest difference um, to have an organized bench and know who's going out and getting them out on the floor on time. In box across, as uh, anybody who's seen the game, you only have 30 seconds to take a shot. So every second that it takes to get somebody else out on the floor is one less second your offense has to deal with the ball. The goal is to try to make a change in 10 seconds or less by getting your five offensive players on the door. So making sure that we're moving them in and out as quick as possible is extremely important. It just seems like the five guys are going out, but there's a lot of work by our offensive and defensive coordinator to make sure that the right five guys are on the door. Example is the first guy coming out on the defensive side, you want to make sure he has a lot of speed in case there is a fast break that he can get back across the floor. When we're going out on the offensive side, we usually want somebody to go down the floor and the second guy to come across. So we need to have somebody who's extremely confident with the ball. We also want to make sure that we have a balanced floor, so we look at having a left and a right side, kind of similar to hockey, and we want to make sure that we have three on one side and two on the others. And you'll see it when all of a sudden we'll have four out and one. That means we made a mistake on the door or somebody couldn't go, and, it, and the offense is very confused and can't find their flow. So having that set up on the door by the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator along with the doorman is so important. 
Um, you know, that half a step makes a difference in this game, and it really, really makes a difference to make sure you have the right guys going out uh, and they're all in the right position as they're going out the door. And the interesting part is you've seen in the game, everybody thinks you have 30 seconds until the next ball goes out, but if you're one of the players drops it and our guy picks it up five seconds later, we got to have those five guys ready to go out, and it's got to be the right five because you only get a limited number of chances on offense and you have to take advantage of all of them. Yeah, that was very interesting to see, almost like a coordinated lacrosse ballet <laughs> taking place on the bench. It's very similar to football in that they have, uh, you know, coaches for like offensive line, middle linebackers, and secondary and are subbing them in the same way. Other than we just have offense and defense and making sure that the right people are subbed in uh, and it's left and right and we have the balance from there. Always interesting to get some of those insights into the finer points of the game. So you move on from the game that you had on Friday night against the Hurricanes. And sports is a funny thing, Coach. On paper, you hear that all the time, right? On paper, you would expect that the Mi'kmaq Warriors might have had a tougher time against the Halifax Hurricanes just based on record standings and all the other statistics, and that perhaps you might be able to handle the Sackville Sports Wheels Wolves, not to take anything away from the Wolves, maybe a little bit better chance against them. But that's not how things worked out for you guys on Tuesday night on the road in Sackville. You took on the third-place team in the league, the Sackville Wolves, and uh, uh, coming out on the short end of a 19-3 score, uh, what was your takeaway and thoughts on that one, Coach? You know, it was a very interesting game um, because very similar to the comment you made about the the Bandits uh, Mavericks game is that our offense and defense actually played a very good game. Um, You know, we had a lot of opportunities on the offensive end, and their goalie made some sensational saves. Um, Honestly, even a couple across the crease saves. Um, So overall, our our team actually played well. The one area that we really struggled in was loose balls. Um, We really had a hard time keeping them, and and the um, stopping the Wolves from getting second and third chances, which were, which were big killers in that game. Um, one of the things I think that happened a little bit was this is the first time we've had, uh, you know, four games in kind of a short amount of time. And I think we, we looked a little past the Wolves and focused on the weekend. So we had a little bit of a trap team there. We had a few players that had a few injuries that weren't able to make it that day. Um, and, and it just didn't quite flow as well as we'd hoped. It was one of those where we, were, we got off to a very slow start. Um, again, their second and third period was much improved and played much stronger um, as, as they kind of found their, their game. But uh, we just didn't quite have it on that day. But, you know, like, we're really happy with the way the offense moved and the defense moved. They were really picking up some things. Uh, it was just giving them those second and third chance opportunities and not getting those second and third chance opportunities on offense and not bearing the ball um, turned out to be costly. Uh, you know, in the first period, we didn't win many of the loose ball battles. And in the second and third, we probably went 50% at least on them. And you can see a much different team from us when that happened, uh, which was really exciting to see and our guys come back. And we know these balls are going to be important on this weekend coming up. So it's one of those games where I think our guys looked a little bit past the rules, um, you know, knowing that this weekend was a huge matchup for us. Um, and those things do happen, uh, you know, um, Sometimes they happen to you, and unfortunately it didn't quite work out in our favor. The Wolves, even though they are sitting in third and uh, don't have a lot of wins, are a very, very talented team. And once they get rolling, their offense is very hard to stop, and I think they kind of found their groove a little bit in that first period, and it, and it was a challenging time for us to, to break that groove. But our boys really played hard, so we're really proud of how they played. Uh, as you said, uh, I would say Zachary uh, Whitford had probably one of his best games of the year. 
and a lot of our offensive guys were really moving and creating opportunities. We just weren't able to quite bury the ball, which happens. We're going to get to talk uh, about Mr. Whitford in just a couple of minutes. But before we get there, you referenced the upcoming weekend. I referenced it off the top of the show, Coach. But honestly, perhaps the biggest weekend of the regular season coming up for the Mi'kmaq Warriors. You're taking on the New Brunswick Mavericks, a home-and-home series. You're going to be up in New Brunswick on Saturday at 2 o'clock on the road to take on the Mavericks. And then right back to Truro Sunday 2 o'clock, the back end of the home-and-home. And And the important statistics are just one after the other. You trail for the final playoff spot by only two points, and it's the Mavericks you trail. They've played two more games than you, so you've got two games in hand. Just how big is this weekend for you guys, Coach? Um, This weekend couldn't be any bigger than it it sounds. This is pretty much, um, you know, what we're looking for. Um, we, you know, we've known the Mavericks are the team that, that we're chasing and they're a really important team for us. So having a home and home with them is going to be big. We know that they are um, a tough team to play when they're at home. And, uh, you know, they're always a different team on the road. So we're really looking forward to getting in there on Saturday and uh, having a game against them. Last time we didn't, we didn't have the strongest game, but I think this time our boys are really ready for that. They had a really strong start against them and we're missing some players last time, uh, but we couldn't quite finish it off, and I think this time we're going to have our guys in line and ready to go. Um, I know the boys are excited about this. Um, they know the playoffs are on the line here. Two wins, and we're pretty much looking, you know, like we're going to lock up that fourth spot, um, and that's what we're focusing on, coming out with two wins, um, pulling ahead of them, and, and being where we want. We know they're an extremely strong team. We know, uh, you know, number nine, uh, Jake Moser, is, is their star, and that's who we're going to be keying off of on the defensive side. Um, and we've done a really good job of being an offensive moving, a hard-hitting team. Uh, and making sure we're staying away from any of the, the things that happen on the sidelines and just focusing on putting the ball in the back of the net. If the offense could keep kind of moving, even like they did in the Sackville game and in the Hurricanes game, uh, we got a really strong opportunity on offense. We feel good about that. Um, and I know Nick, uh, Nick rested on Tuesday night and, and Courtney played, so we're excited Nick will be playing on Saturday, and I think that day off will really help him be able to prepare for Saturday's matchup. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, Jake Mosier in that game on Saturday against the Bandits. He scored an absolute highlight reel goal and was my choice of uh, player of the game for the New Brunswick Mavericks. So obviously a key player for the Warriors to look at. The other side of this coin, Coach, is that uh, you've played this Mavericks team twice on the season and you're one and one. So you've got a little bit of confidence there. That, along with some of the other things we've talked about, the transition game, uh, turnovers, goaltending, playing the full 60 minutes, you take all of that, you put it in a pot and stir it up. What is the one or two ingredients for this Mi'kmaq Warriors team that are going to be keys to getting positive results this weekend? The key for this weekend is hands-down loose balls. Um, The Mavericks are a very quick and big team. Uh, we need to limit the amount of face-off chances that they get because um, in the last time they had a few face-off uh, wins that they ended up getting some fast breaks on. Um, they had a few short-handed breaks that was a loose ball they picked up and ended up down the floor. And with players like Jake Moser on their offense, we could not give them second-chance opportunities. So we appreciate in the last game against Sackville in the second and third, and this game is no different. We must limit their opportunities and win every loose ball battle. Um, you know, we need two guys in there deep uh, fighting for that ball, 
uh, and when we get it, uh, we'll, you know, not give it back up. Those, um, that's where our key is, and that's what we've been preaching the last three games, uh, is that loose balls win these games. It's kind of the same as football and turnovers. Uh, you want to make sure you're controlling that ball, and I know in this game they're going to be going twice as hard as, uh, as they have in the past because they know they need the win, and we need to come out three times harder to make sure we come up with all those loose balls. Uh, and I think if we do that, I think we're going to be successful in this game. I think that is the biggest key for us is loose balls because uh, it gets our defense off the floor. It gets our offense out there more. It gives us more opportunities and limits there. So everything is built around the loose balls, and we really need to be very strong and do it as a unit. Um, that's one of the big keys to this game. Well, again, a huge home-and-home home series this weekend against the New Brunswick Mavericks, Saturday at 2 o'clock up in New Brunswick, Sunday 2 o'clock right back here at Colchester Legion Stadium in Truro. And, of course, Coach, it's a team game, but certainly uh, a couple of players that are going to be key for the Mi'kmaq Warriors are going to be guys with the last name Whitford. We mentioned Zach Whitford also. Looking at the offensive statistics for the Mi'kmaq Warriors, since I've been looking at them, it's the first time that I've seen somebody at the top of the points standings for the Mi'kmaq Warriors, somebody named something other than Bryson Knockwood, as it's Jordan Whitford now with 15 goals, 9 assists for 24 points. What can you tell us and what can you say about your now leading scorer, Jordan Whitford? Jordan Whitford is um, actually an interesting story about Jordan. Jordan is actually a major base player, so he's not actually of junior age. He applied for exceptional style um, and was approved through our league, and uh, we picked him up in, in the dispersal draft of Northwest. Um, we've been extremely happy with his play. Um, Jordan, the best way to describe Jordan is he is a complete joker and a goofball. Um, he is that kid who will bring the laughing moment when you need it and always loves playing the game. I've never not seen Jordan with a smile on his face. Uh, no matter what the score is, no matter what it, what's going on, he just loves playing this game of lacrosse, uh, and it's been a really good fit to our team. Um, he grew up playing in the, the Bedford minor system. Um, he's played provincially all the way up. He's actually playing for the provincial midget team this year, but I believe is off to Saskatoon, if I'm correct. Um, that'll be in August, so um, he's part of that movement as well. Um, it's been a great addition. When you bring up a midget player, um, there's always the question uh, of skill and size. After seeing Jordan, I mean, size is never an issue. He's a very big kid, uh, and skill is never a problem, but you're, you're never sure about the fit with the, the mental piece as well, and Jordan has fit absolutely, in, has fit in absolutely beautiful with our team. Um, he, you know, he just, he, he's really tight with the boys, and, and he jokes around and has a great time. Um, he started off the season, you know, having to learn our systems a little bit, and it took him a little while to get going. He plays on the left side with Connor Dennis, uh, and both of them in the last couple of games have really found their kind of rhythm. And uh, a lot of our other players, such as Keegan uh, Christmas and Daniel Longhead, have really done a good job of starting to get those two open. Um, before, they were kind of trying to find um, – they were kind of missing off on our picks, and we've had really solid picks. And uh, it actually happened in the New Brunswick Mavericks game uh, that was up in Hampton. Uh, Jordan had, I think, netted five goals in that game and came off to the bench after a second one. He goes, I think I found my shot. And i got to tell you, ever since that moment, he, he has not missed on his shot very often. Uh, and he plays as part of the team. Uh, I, he does love getting the points, but it, it's all about everyone else. Uh, and he likes to, you know, contribute the ball around. Um, it's interesting to see his brother on the team as well, Zachary Whitford. Um, as I said, probably his best game against Zachville. Those two yeah, definitely feed off each other and have quite a few goals that are back and forth 
almost done quick sticks across the crease. So um, his, his ability to have fun and love this game is phenomenal. He's been a great addition to us, and obviously he's just a natural goal scorer, um, as you can see that. But the ability of guys to get him open in the last four games has been great. Um, but I, I couldn't say anything else more than he absolutely loves this game and loves being a joker. Um, he he's, has an interesting story every time we see him. Um, just to tell a little funny story about Jordan, in one of our games we were actually coming out on the floor and everybody was on the floor except for Jordan. And Jordan actually sent us a, uh, sent us a snap, uh, snap uh, from Snapchat of him in the dressing room getting ready, saying he was on his way. Because that's just exactly who Jordan is. Um, and it gives us a good laugh in any part of the game, and, it, and it's really great to have him as part of the team. And I know this means a lot to him, and we're really happy to have him as part of the team. you got to appreciate the youth of today, Coach. He's in the dressing room, and he sends a Snapchat out. My daughter sometimes will be upstairs, and she'll either send me a social media message or call me to get my attention. So you got to appreciate the way the today's youth takes advantage of social media, Coach. It, it is quite entertaining to watch and use social media. Uh, it, it actually really helps us because, uh, you know, in, in these junior A games, you know, there's there's a lot of pressure and there's times when it's really tight and Jordan will make that joke or, or do a snap or something right when we're in that pressure moment that everybody just kind of relaxes a little bit. Um, and he really brings that to our team, which is awesome. Uh, which is really exciting to see. He, he is an entertaining kid, and we really enjoy having him as part of the team, and, and his brother is just as great as him. Um, and then his, he has some great parents behind him to support him. So I know the, the rest of the team really enjoy having Jordan, and uh, it's a lot of fun having him with us. Well, uh, the Whitford boys certainly contributing a lot on and off the floor to the Warriors. Uh, Jordan, as mentioned right now, leading the team in scoring. Uh, Zach is fourth on the team in scoring, but what a year so far for Jordan. 15 goals, nine assists for 24 points, averaging over two goals a game, over three points a game. So he'll certainly be a main key, at least offensively, for you guys this weekend. Listen, Coach, we really appreciate your time as always. I know it's been a busy week, uh, but a big weekend coming up. We wish you lots of success down in New Brunswick and, of course, on the back end of the home-and-home home on Sunday. Get out there and uh, get a couple of wins and grab that fourth spot. Thank you, sir. That's our plan heading into this. All right, my friend. You enjoy the rest of your week. And again, good luck this weekend. And we'll talk to you again next week on Warriors Lax Chat. Great. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Coach. That's Coach Brendan Smithson of the Mi'kmaq Warriors. They are part of the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League. Again, as mentioned, a huge weekend coming up for them as they've got a home-at-home series against the New Brunswick Mavericks. The Mavericks just two points ahead of the Warriors in the standings, and the standings are that tight, and the Warriors have got a couple of games at hand. So again, I would encourage you to follow the Mi'kmaq Warriors on their website, as well as on social media, and as well, follow the East Coast Junior Lacrosse League, follow their website, and follow them on social media again. This has been another episode of Warriors Lax Chat on Big Game Sports Radio. I'm Scott Squires. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, friends, if you can't take part in sport, be a good one anyway. Bye for now.